Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals up to another live, not live Q&A, but another Purpose of Singleness course, week number 11. And today we're going to be talking about pride and singleness. Are you too proud um, to, to make it to be promoted by God? Are you uh, humble enough to hold the next level? So if you're watching me live for the very first time, I want to welcome you. My name is Joshua Ezzi. Also, as Coach Josh, and my goal here is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. If you've been watching me, whether it's been 12 years, five years, six years, three years, two minutes ago that you're subscribed, I want to say thank you so much for joining my online community here. And for those who are like, what is this all about? I've been in the Purpose of Singleness course for the last 11 weeks, a course that was sparked by my book, The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? And my goal is to help singles really understand and maximize their season, understanding the God's uh, purpose for their season so they can progress. So I'm going to give everyone a chance. Hey, Nick, my day was great, man. Thank you for asking. I'm going to give everybody a chance to come on in uh, to the live feed. Make sure you share. Make sure I plug in my uh, charger or we'll really have some problems. All right, there we go. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. Get your notes. And for those who's like, man, I want a little bit more content from this course, you can go ahead and join for free our online, I guess our uh, resource hub, uh, lifework.teachable.com. And that's where you'll be able to get the worksheets, including the activities that's on the back. So you got activities as well as other resources there. So I'm going to give about 30 more seconds, give everybody in. I'm going to say what's up to everybody in the chat because I have a lot of points I have to cover today. So I got to make sure I get into it. Enoch, what's going on? Samuel Dodd, <clears throat> I, hope all is well. I hope all is well with you. This is my first time really texting you on here. Do your questions have to stay on topic? No, um, but give me about an hour. Then we're going to do a live Q&A after this segment. This is different than my live Q&A. Um, so if you got a question, save it, copy uh, and, and save it. And so when I do the Q&A at the end, you'll be able to post your questions there. What's going on, Amanda? How you doing? Nick Antoine, all is well. Thank you, man. God bless you, too. Stephanie, what's going on? Daughter of the King, what's going on? Hey, Josh from New York, what's going on? Lion, Lion, what's up? What's up? Kia J, what's going on? Yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday, Daughter of the King. I went on a date, and he showed up empty-handed. He knew it was, uh-oh, I got to read that. Oh, she deleted it? Oh, you deleted it. Anyway, I understand. I'm new. <clears throat> Older, single, no worries, Stephanie. God still got a purpose for you as well. But let's get right into the notes. I have a lot of points that I want to cover. Make sure you share. Make sure you engage. I hope you guys get something out of it. But today we're going to be talking about pride and singleness. Our main thought for tonight is pride is nothing to be proud of. The main thought of tonight's session is that pride is nothing to be proud of. Our talking points, we have three of them. Today we're going to be talking about what is pride. Signs your prideful and how to stay humble. Again, our main thought for tonight's session is pride is nothing to be proud of. And uh, the three talking points we're going to cover today is what is pride? Signs your prideful and how to stay humble. Now, the problem, um, I do have a lot of scriptures. We'll get into those a little bit later. A little uh, <clears throat> nuggets of truths when it comes to pride and humility. And so we get right into the problem. Many people or singles are not humble enough to hold their next level. Many people or singles are not humble enough to hold their next level. They are too proud to be promoted by God. Many people or singles are not humble enough to hold their next level or hold what they hope for. They are too proud to be promoted. A lot of people do not understand just how much pride they walk in. A lot of people don't understand that God examines their heart down to the basement floor. 
He's the one that really knows the motive of your heart. God doesn't measure a person by their movements. He measures them by the motives of their heart. Many of us are moving in pride more than we think. Anytime you start a day without acknowledging God, every time you make a major decision without acknowledging God, you're walking in pride. Pride is one of those subtle things that is rarely addressed because a lot of people who uh, re refuse to address it know that they have pride themselves. That's why my main objective for tonight's session, tonight's lecture, is for you to really examine your heart down to the to the to the bone of your motive to see why you're doing what you're doing. Um, because when you understand it is it that is in him that we live, move, and have our being. When you recognize that you are unable to do anything effective without God, until you get to that place, chances are that you chances are. You are walking in pride. God will never promote a person with pride in their heart. God only promotes the humble. God only endorses the humble. He only gives more grace to the humble. And when you respect that, then you will cry out for help asking God to reveal any area of your life that may be rooted in pride. Again, the problem is that many people or singles are not humble enough to hold their next level. They are too proud to be promoted by God. Let's look at some definitions. We'll look at the definition of pride and we're going to look at the definition of humility. The definition of pride is an exaggerated sense of feeling good about oneself. An exaggerated sense of feeling good about oneself where one finds their ultimate identity. And I added a little two cents to it myself. A person who is self-willed and established and not spirit-willed and established. The definition of pride is an exaggerated sense of feeling good about oneself. Pride is also where one finds their ultimate identity. And pride is also a person who is self-willed or established, not allowing the spirit to will them or establish them. Is self-love a form of pride? No. Self-love is, 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 is the fruit. True self-love is the fruit of being perfected by God's love. Taking care of yourself, loving yourself is not pride. Um, we'll get more into that as we tell, as I express the difference or explain the differences between an exaggerated view of pride and an evened level of a uh, state of pride. An exaggerated sense of feeling good about oneself where one finds their ultimate identity. A person who is self-willed and established and not spirit-willed and established. Definition of humility. Let's talk about that. The definition of humility is freedom from pride and arrogance. A person who is humble has been set free. There has been some level of truth that has been applied to them where they fully recognize that they are not, they, they, they are not who they think they are. Can you have pride and also not love yourself? Yeah, we're going to talk more about that. Good questions. We're going we're gonna to explain those in deep. Next point, so we can really elaborate on the different types of pride. There are two types of pride. There's an exaggerated pride and an evened pride, even leveled. An exaggerated pride and an even pride. There is nothing wrong, hear me closely. There is nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments, proud of your heritage, proud of your children, proud of yourself. But when those things define you, your pride has become exaggerated or elevated. There are two types of pride, an exaggerated pride and an even pride, an evened out pride. There is nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments, heritage, children, yourself, etc. But when those things define you, your pride has become exaggerated or elevated. 
There is nothing, like I said, wrong with being proud, proud of your accomplishments, proud of, of, of your success, proud of your heritage, your color, your background, your family, proud of your children. There's nothing wrong with being proud of those things. But when those things define you, then you have an exaggerated sense of love for oneself based upon your accomplishments, based upon your money, your status, based upon what you have developed for yourself. An even level of pride is a pride that's rooted in their ultimate pride in God, the ultimate desire, the ultimate identification with the Father. And that's where we should desire to be. Like, I'm proud of my books. I'm not going to sit there and act like I'm not proud of my accomplishments. But when my books define me, when I'm walking around with shoulders wide and now I'm off to Josh and I'm the one uh, that wrote many books and that that's the thing that defines me, then that, then that source of productivity has pushed my pride to levels that's ignoring the grace of God, that's ignoring the help of God, that's ignoring the realities of God's support of me. And pride is one of those things you have to guard almost daily because sometimes you can get in your feelings, sometimes you can get in your mind, sometimes you can get in your head, sometimes you can get in full of yourself because of what you have done. You have to constantly be aware that everything that you have ever accomplished is solely because of the help of God. Nothing else. You are you are not that dope. I'm not that dope. I'm not that amazing. You're not that amazing because it's because of God's air that we able to breathe to produce. And so when you recognize that you walk with it in, in another level of reverence, you walk with a greater sense of understanding and you walk with a level of humility, knowing that there that there is a God that that established everything that in, 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 uh, emboldened you, uh, uh, encouraged you. And endorsed you. And when you recognize that there's a certain level of humility, so many singles right now are stuck in that phase, in this phase of life, solely because of their pride. They think because they went to church or they make all this money that they look good and that they're better than this person, that they feel obligated. Not obligated, but they feel like they deserve. We don't deserve anything. Uh, um, um, and let me break this deserve down. Um, you deserve at the level of your service. If you know for a fact that you serve God and that you submitted to God, I wouldn't say you deserve a marriage. Don't get me wrong. But but God doesn't mind serving you a marriage or re, uh, bringing you a marriage because he knows that you are operating at the level of service to be able to manage that. But you cannot manage anything pure, anything from God with pride in your heart. God opposes the proud. And we got to make sure we examine our heart and not walking around our singleness or walking around our life screaming to the high heavens that we deserve marriage, that, that you owe me marriage, God. I did this for you. I did that for you. And that's where you really see your heart. The moment you feel that God is disappointed in you, then we'll see just how much you really reverence him. Many of us will serve God until the breaking point. We'll serve God until we get into a level of pride where God owes us. Many of us, the only reason why we're doing what we're doing so that we can scream to God that you owe us. Most of us, the only reason why we're giving, the only reason why we're going to church, the only reason why we're walking pure is because we want to get. We're not doing it because it has already been given. Because it has already been given, I'm able to give. But when you're, give, when you're giving to get, then you're not going to be legit. And then eventually you will quit on God. And that's what happens. Most people quit on God when they realize that God doesn't owe them anything while at the same time they feel that they feel that God owes them. If you're in your singles right now and you got your arms crossed and metaphorically 
walking around as if God owes you a man, as if God owes you a woman, as if God owes you a marriage, as if God owes you a promotion, as if God owes you money, then chances are you will never get it from his hands. You will never get it from the hand of God if your heart is full of pride. God looks at the heart of each and every one of us. And sadly enough, many of us are not aware of just how much pride we walk in. Every day you wake up without thanking God, you in pride. Pretty much. That's why you can't you can't allow your days to be rooted in routine. You got to allow your days to be rooted in relationship. That when you wake up, you are thankful. That gratitude at the tip of your tongue. That thanksgiving is is what is what is heard first. Realizing that it, without God waking you up, you wouldn't even have this opportunity to get that bag to be successful or to have what you have. We got to check our hearts and realize, man, how much of our lives are so routine and so in our ability versus the realization that we are unable to do anything without him. That's why I always give God the glory because it's because of him that I even do these videos. It's because of him that I wrote these books. It's because of him that I am the man who I am today. And that right there humbles you and helps you realize what life is really about. There is nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments, your heritage, your children, even yourself. But when those things define you, your pride has become exaggerated or elevated. Let's keep going. Exaggerated pride has two categories that are evident in the word pride. The word, the letters ID and the letters ride. The letters ID and the word ride. Exaggerated pride is what you identify with the most and the ride or vehicle you feel will take you to your promised land. That's what pride is. When you have an exaggerated state of pride, you identify with your accomplishments. Your identity comes from your accomplishments. Your identity comes from the money that you make. Your identity comes from who you know and who you associate with it. Your identity comes from your heritage. It's crazy how many people are pro-black, pro-white, pro-Hispanic, but ain't pro-God. There's a lot of people who's pro-country, but not pro-kingdom. There's nothing wrong with, with respecting your country. There's nothing wrong with liking your, your, your heritage. But when you define yourself by that, all of a sudden you miss out on who you really are. That's why the first thing I am is a son of God. That's it. Before I'm a husband, before I'm a man, before I'm a preacher, before I'm any type of title, my greatest position is a son of God. Period. And when that becomes your framework of thinking, then, then you won't allow any and everything in your picture because that frame will keep everything outside of your focus, keeping you uh, 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 out of your focus, helping you not get distracted. That's why I know for a fact that I identify as a son of God first. I identify as a child of God first. I identify as a Christian first period. I'm not a black Christian. I'm not, I'm not any, I'm a Christian first. I am. A, this is who I am. My, my color didn't save me. My money can't save me. My titles can't save me. Only the blood of the lamb that can save me. So when you identify with God first, it helps you put everything else in perspective. Do I love my country? You better believe it, but not above the kingdom of God. Do I love my wife? Not better than I, not more than I love God. Do I love that I'm a black man and who I am? Not more than I love who I am in Christ. If anything comes before you identifying yourself in Christ, you lost your identity. 
The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all, all things are becoming new. Who you are in him should define everything going forward, period. That's right. You have to identify your identity. That's right. You have to your identity has to come through the guise of God first. It has to come through him first, because if not, you will be more pro black. You'll be more pro white. You'll be more pro country. You'll be more pro uh, uh, capitalism. You'll be pro all these different things and ain't considered the kingdom of God. It's crazy how we are are pro things that will be temporary temporarily versus who or where are we going to be eternally or everlasting common sense will say you better identify with the one that made you you have you better it's better it's probably wise to identify the one identify with the one that has a hell you see what i'm saying it has a listen listen hell is real man if you believe in the prison system, you got to believe in hell. And God is too generous, too nice not to let you go to hell. It's that simple. Now, what I mean by that, if you don't want God, God ain't going to overly work to get you. If that's where you want to go, that's where you're going to end up. But we got to make sure that we understand what eternity is in a grand scheme of things. And that will keep us from walking in pride. But so many people. So full of themselves that they can't see God. Exaggerated pride is what you identify with the most. And the ride, the ride, the ride, the ride or vehicle you feel will take you to your promised land or to the top. What are you riding with? Who are you riding with? <clears throat> what are you riding with? What, what, do, what do you feel is going to make you successful? So I identify uh, I am who I am because of the money I have, because this money is going to take me where I want to go. I identify myself. My, I am nothing until I have a relationship. How many single people feel like they're nothing because they're not married? Do you know that marriage don't tank, doesn't change that self-awareness, doesn't change that, that lack of self-love? There's a lot of people married miserable. There's a lot of people with money miserable. It's better to be in a Honda Accord, a 96 Honda Accord full of joy than being in a Bentley or a Rolls Royce with, with, with depression. It's better to have little with the love of God than to have much without it. And we got to understand the importance of being full of God and allowing him to be our center, allowing him to be the joy of our lives. Let's keep going. Let's break down some scripture so we can kind of understand what God, how God views pride. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine scriptures that I want you to process over the next week or so to help you better understand what pride is and its subtleness in our lives. Uh, Proverbs 11, 2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. When pride comes. Now, I got a whole section that pride comes through. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Proverbs 16, 18. Oh, let me break down 11, 2. It says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. Disgrace. See, see many people think that pride's punishment is the fall. Disgrace comes the moment you walk in pride. You see what I'm saying? That's right. Good point, Kelly. Check where your joy comes from. That's real. Soon as you allow pride to be a prominent thing in your life, the moment that you even think in pride, you distance from grace. And what I mean by distance from grace, not the grace for your salvation, but we're talking about the endorsing grace of God. We're talking about like, like all of a sudden now you want to do your marriage without God. God going to be like, I bet do you, boo. Oh, now you want to pursue your entrepreneurial endeavors without me? All of a sudden, now you're feeling yourself after I done built you up, after I done blessed you with this. Now you want to feel yourself? 
You see what I'm saying? Then God's like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna oppose, I'm gonna oppose the proud. The Bible said he opposes the proud and gives more grace to the humble. So the moment that you start walking in pride, best believe the endorsement hand of God, the favor of God is removed all of you after off your life. Not the saving work of Christ, because that can redeem you. But when you start walking in your own pride and in your own self, God can't endorse that. That's why marriages look good in the beginning. Ministries look good in the beginning. Uh, uh, people who made money look, they, they sound in the beginning, but they lose, they lose themselves. You ever seen people whose ministries was potent, powerful, musicians whose first albums was anointed, and then about the time you got the album three, it's lost its sauce. It's lost its substance. It's lost its savor. The preacher preached um, the, the balanced word of God, and now they fool themselves. Now look at their clothing now. Look at the way they carry themselves now. Look at their Instagram pages now. Things change when you get into pride. And that's why when pride comes, not after pride done did his work, but as soon as you start walking in pride, disgrace happens. But with the humble, there is wisdom. Those who are humble, like, you know what, that, 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 listen, I got a point here that says this. I want to make sure I say it right now. If you can perceive their pride, you can predict their fall. That's why discernment is key. That's why you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. You should be able to look at a person's life. And if, if you see any pride in their life, you can predict their fall. That's why you got to look at yourself and say, am I getting close to a fall? Am I about to fall off a cliff? Because if you can perceive your own pride, you can predict your own fall. And then instead of falling off a cliff, you can fall on your knees and repent and say, God, forgive me. Help me to see myself the way you see me and live the way I need to live. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. That's self-explanatory. That's why you can't even don't even compare yourself to people who are proud. Because prideful people will plummet. It's, 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 that's why, man, people who are overly proud in their marriage, overly proud in their relationship, post their relationship all the time, post their life all the time, post everything they do all the time. That's why I said the humble is wise. A humble person doesn't show their relationship on Instagram all the time. A humble person doesn't show what they have at their house. A humble person doesn't show that they're wise. They know that if I show it off, people's going to want to take it off, take it off of, from my life. That's why it's best to just be wise, be quiet, be silent, be discerning, be simple so that you can see and, and avoid pitfalls. Proverbs 29, 23 says, one's pride will bring him low, but he who was lowly in spirit will obtain honor. It is best to receive honor last than to try to reach for honor first. Pride will bring you low. Pride leads people to, to destruction, to depression, to anxiety. But those who are lowly in spirit, those who are humble, obtain honor. Proverbs 8, 13 says, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Those who fear God hate evil. Pride and arrogance are the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. God does. God hates those hates pride and arrogance that's corroding his creation, who is us. James 4, 6 but says, but he gives more grace. The Bible says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God will oppose you quick when you win yourself. God will say, you know what? I no longer can endorse him. Do you know how long Saul was king? After God was done with him, the scariest thing 
that, that grips me, that keeps me humble is realizing that God can fire me and let me keep working. God can release me and st I still be preaching. That's scary. That's scary business. How many preachers out there? How many people out there? God ain't with. That's why you can't measure a ministry success by the numbers. You measure the ministry success by the deliverances. You measure the success of a ministry based upon based upon people self-sufficient in the sufficiency of Christ. When people are so caught up in the pastor, what he's wearing, what she's doing, what they're about, oh, they're cool. Versus checking to see if making sure that I'm hot and not cool myself. You can't measure a ministry based upon the numbers. You measure a ministry by discernment. But so many people, man, they 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 they, they do what they want to do. They have no power. And God left them. I refuse to do ministry without God. That's what keeps you humble. Because you got to understand that everything that you're doing in life, you're going to be held accountable for. That the Bible says, be very careful how you build on the foundation that has been laid, who is Jesus. He says, some will build with gold, precious stone, etc., but some will build with hay and straw. But the Bible says, everybody's works will be tested by fire. Even though the person who built with hay and straw's soul is saved, their works was diminished. I refuse to stand before God and God light my works, light up what I've done for him, and it all is burnt. No, 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 no. You got to check your heart to ask yourself, am I full of myself or am I full of the spirit of God? You see what I'm saying? Pride is dangerous. Pride is the number one thing that puts people in hell. The Bible says many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? Have I not cast out demons in your name? Have I not done marvelous works in your name? And Jesus is going to look them in the eye and say, depart from me. I never knew you. God doesn't care about what he can do through you. He cares about if he knew you. You see what I'm saying? I don't got time for God doing a bunch of stuff through me because God will do stuff through you. For the ultimate goal of reaching somebody, even though he loses you, God don't mind losing you to reach them. He, that's why the Bible says talents are given without repentance. God gave us, gave people talented, but it's our free will that decides whether or not we're going to continue to flow in the spirit and not flow in ourselves because you're limited. You see what I'm saying? It says, therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's why, listen, man, you're going to make mistakes. I love grace covers, man. Like when you have kids and when you're <clears throat> with people who are new to something, right? You give them more grace if they're trying to grow, if they're desiring to grow. But you're not going to give grace to somebody who's denying the growth, the source of the growth. So if I see a child and they make a mistake, you're not going to punish them if you see that they're trying to do better. But if they're deliberately not trying to do it, then all of a sudden you're like, man, I can't, You like an employee, you can't work here no more. You ain't trying to grow. You a taker versus a giver. You see what I'm saying? So God looks at us and be like, you know what, man, you ain't really trying to do this for me. You keep doing you because I'm going to use the talents through you to reach who I want to reach. And that can confuse a lot of people that this man of God got this big ministry. This woman of God got this. This person's got that. And it's seemingly that God is using them. God ain't using them. You could tell by their fruit if God is if God is in, if God is their root. You see what I'm saying? If you start seeing them getting so caught up in their fashion, nothing wrong with fashion. 
But when but when when you adorn it outside and that draws the people or your comedy draws you people to you or your wittiness or your whatever and not the power of God. <clears throat> you know, if it's the power of God, if yokes are destroyed, destroyed, you know, it's the power of God. If yokes are destroyed, if 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 people are repenting, if people are drawing near to God, you see what I'm saying? If people want God more than the preacher, you see what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, I can go deeper in that, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going for time's sake. I've been going 27 minutes. Proverbs 16, 5 says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Everyone who is arrogant in heart, God, I don't need you. I'm going to do me. They will not go unpunished. Self-explanatory. Proverbs 18, 12. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Last but not least, 1 John 2, 16. For all that is in the world. Hold on, did I skip one? Uh, ah, Psalms 10, 4. This the one I starred. This right, there, this right here is where most people are, but don't realize it. Psalms 10, 4 says, in the pride, in the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Now, most of us are not dumb enough to say that there is no God, but we're not talking about there is no need for God. Thank you so much for giving. I feel ashamed knowing the things God has told me and have showed me. I just don't understand why I'm having a hard time. I really want to see God and desire to be with him. Also, I meant to send last message as a super chat. Don't worry about it. God's got you, Tasha. Don't, don't, don't allow uh, truth. Don't allow the enemy to use the truth for condemnation purposes. Do not be condemned because it is remorse reveals that you have a relationship with God. Now, if you was out there sinning and you didn't really feel bad about it, that means you don't genuinely love God. But sometimes anyone will use that remorse. He will use that to make you feel like God doesn't want you. No, God is like, baby girl, you my daughter. I'm here for you. Come to me. I got you. Um, you're going through a pruning phrase, my friend. And hard times makes you stronger, my friend. Um, and you good. So thank you for supporting. Thank you for that. But don't allow what you're going through to condemn you or to make you feel like that God doesn't love you. God loves you. He just wants to love the other stuff out of you. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, and some, walking with God is difficult. Walking with God is hard. I understand that. But he's got you, my friend. Stay encouraged, Tasha. Thank you. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. You may not think that there is no God, but your action says there's no need for God. I got this. There's no need for God. I got this. I don't really need God for this. I'm talented enough. I don't need God for this. I'm smart. I'm smart enough. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter if you are able to do something. You are not wise enough to handle the nuances of new situations. I always need the Holy Spirit to help me to see uh, um, the nuance of where I'm at. I could be knowledgeable about four, five, six, or seven different things, but I need the Holy Spirit to give me a unique wisdom for me to be really to perceive what he wants me to see. Nothing like good old H2O. Ain't nothing like water. <clears throat> First John 2, 16 says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and desires of the eyes and pride and possessions of the pride of his life is not from the father, but it's from the world. <clears throat> 
The enemy's ultimate objective is for you to be proud of what you see, not proud of what you faith. Mm -hmm. The enemy wants you to be proud of what you see. He wants you to walk by sight, not by faith. The Bible says walk by faith, not by sight. Don't allow your faith to be blinded by your sight. You should be proud that you're a son of God. You should be proud that you're a citizen of heaven above any everything. Because whatever you're proud of the most, you are produced for. Your productivity follows what you're proud of the most. Right. So if you're proud to be God's daughter and son, that you're proud of being a citizen of heaven and that you're proud that you're that, that the heavenly father is your father, that you're proud that one day. What was the last scripture? Yes, definitely. That last scripture was first John 2, 16. I'll give you the scriptures real quickly. Proverbs 11, 2. Proverbs 16, 18. Proverbs 29, 23. Proverbs 8, 13. James 4, 6, Proverbs 16, 5, Psalms 10, 4, Proverbs 18, 12. You're so welcome. And 1 John 2, 16. Whatever you're proud of the most, you're produced for the most. And so if you're proud to be a citizen of heaven, proud to be a son, daughter of God, proud that one day you will serve in heaven forever, then you're produced for heaven. But if you're proud of what is down here, you'll be proud of this earthly life. Let's keep going. Pride comes through seven things that pride comes through that you have to be careful of. Seven things that pride comes through. Seven things that pride comes through. Hope you guys are learning something. I hope this is a blessing to you. One, these are some of the topics that you're not going to hear in a lot of churches. <clears throat> you're not going to hear a lot of people talk about. But it must be must be preached. It must be taught. And it must help people really understand the subtleties of pride. Seven channels that pride comes through that you have to be careful of. Seven things that pride comes through. No itchy ears here, man. That's right. Number one, pride comes through praise. Be very careful that you do not become intoxicated by people's praise of you. All praise must be rechanneled back to God. Every time somebody praises my ability, anytime someone says, man, you are an amazing preacher. When people praise me and whatever of what I, what, from whatever I have produced, I give glory to God. God gets the glory for what I do here. God gets the glory for the books I wrote. God get, gets the glory for the words I speak. God gets glory for, for, for my interactions with people. God gets the glory. You have to be very careful because pride can come through praise. Proverbs 11, 2 said, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. Pride is Pride will always try to find a way in your life to get you from not focusing on what you need to focus on. Pride comes through praise. Be very careful that you do not become intoxicated by people's praise of you. Rechannel that praise back to the person that raised you. The one that raised you deserves the praise. We're talking about the one that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. The praise has to come through, come back to the person that raised you with the ability, that raised you with the opportunity to do whatever it is that you're doing. People will praise you into pride if you're not careful. You're not that dope. You're not as good as they say you are, and you're not as bad as they say you are. You are who God says you are. 
and that keeps you at a level of, of steadiness where you realize God really doesn't get the glory for this. Because if you get out of your word and you get out of your time with God and you start uh, soaking in the praises of people, you'll be puffed up in the head and you'll be floating like a, air, a hot air balloon and, and, and eventually getting popped and hitting the ground. That's why it's best that when people praise you, because humans are humans. Humans, they just celebrate people. Nothing wrong with being celebrated, but make sure that it's being rechanneled to the person that deserves it. God deserves the glory. God is not egotistical like I demand glory because I'm sitting up here and I'm God. No, God by default deserves the glory. Like, like, like I, I will feel a certain type of way if I have when I have children. And my son comes home and be like, you know what? He's he's getting he's graduating. And at the platform, after I done fed him, after I done looked out for him, after I've been a good father, I was a good father. He's on the stage talking about, I would like to thank God and 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 my my mentor Tyrone for doing everything he did for me. Mr. Jenkins for being a great father figure in my life. And I'm sitting in the audience like, bruh, I'm the one that raised you. That's how God be feeling when you be like, I just want to thank, I just want to thank uh, my my job. I want to thank my career. I want to thank my mind. I want to thank my my abilities. I want to thank my talents for getting me here. And God's like, bro, you had to use my air to do that. What if God, like I said this many times, what if God charged us for every, to do what we do? Yeah, bet. Do what you do, but I'm going to charge you for every breath you take. God is still gracious enough to even allow prideful people to do what they proudly do. You see what I'm saying? Glad you're here as well. But so many people forget, hey, man, you couldn't have done that without God. Even the wicked have to one day realize, yeah, I do breathe his air. You know what I'm saying? Another channel that praise comes through, possessions. Or pride comes through, possessions. People's pride is sometimes based upon what they have. It's crazy how many kids feel they, they are who they are because of the Jordans they wear. I work at elementary school, and these kids waddle to class. I don't, Mr. Ezra, I don't want to put no creases in my Jordans. Or they'll try to show their shoes off. And I'm like, that's where you are, your identity comes from? That That's what determines your value and your self-worth? Is your possessions? That you feel like you're nothing because you don't have a Bugatti. You feel like you nothing because you don't have a Benz. You want you feel like you nothing because you don't got no boo. You feel like you nothing because you don't got no wife. You feel like you ain't nothing because you don't have this or that. God's like, I'm the one. I'm the one that determines your value. It's crazy how we have the audacity to be sad because of what we don't have versus realizing who is with us. God is like, man, you depressed for no reason. You sad for stupid reasons. You set yourself up to be depressed by putting your dependency in your possessions. How many single people right now feel like they're nothing because they don't got no man? Feel like they nothing because they don't have no wife. They don't have no marriage. You are who you are by the grace of God. You are who you are because of him. Because of him. And so you can't get so caught up in now I'm somebody because when I was poor, when I had no, no, I was going, I was faithful to God. But when I got my money, now all of a sudden you want to widen your shoulders and exalt your head high because you're driving in the bins? That could be the same bins that put you to an end. You see what I'm saying? A car accident. That's why you cannot allow pride to come because now you have possessions. Nor should you allow depression to come because of the lack of possessions you have. I don't care if I, I never get whatever. I'm wealthy. 
not wealthy because of the money I have, but wealthy because of the God I have. You see what I'm saying? Pride comes through possessions. All of a sudden now you feel puffed up because now you got some toys. Now you got some toys. Now you got now you now you somebody because now the world system says you are somebody when you have these possessions. Pride comes through number three, your positions. Now all of a sudden you was you was cool with God, but now all of a sudden when you got that 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 position, uh, um, it's crazy. You have to learn how to be humble, even in high high times. It's easy to be humble when when life is humbling. Oh, I got no, I got no other oppor- I got no other choice but to be humble because ain't nothing really happening for my life. But 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 it's difficult to be humble when you're high. That's why the higher you go, the lower you must go. The higher you go, the higher God takes you, the closer to a prostrated position you must be. But most people, when they get a position, now they get full of pride. Now you was cool and people was cool to be around you. You was decent to be around when you was amongst the struggle. But now you successful. Now you you now you 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 you're not even looking at people anymore. Now you think of yourself more highly. You ought to think because now the position you have as if you can't be fired. <clears throat> as if that's what happened to Saul. He got full of himself and lost his position to David. God don't mind moving you out of position. That's why I sit in my seat humbly. I sit in my positions humbly. I, you know why? Because if I get in pride, I lose my wife. If I get in pride, I lose my integrity. If I get in pride, I lose y'all's respect. I don't got time to lose respect from God, my wife, my children, my family, and from y'all. That's why I stay humble in every seat, every position I'm in. Because if I don't humble myself as a husband, I get full of myself and find myself in sin. If I get full of myself, I'll find myself preaching false doctrine and getting some type of hidden sin exposed publicly. And now I lose the respect of people, causing me to lose respect for God. I humble myself in every position. That's right, lion, lion. Hell, you help y'all helping me preach on today. Pride costs too much. Great point. Pride costs too much. It is better to be humble <laughs> than, than to cost. See, pride is like pride, like what you're saying. Like you don't pay for it immediately, but you pay for it eventually. No, no, not even eventually, inevitably. You pay for it no matter how far you try to run from it. But God's grace is so good that he'll be like, turn around. Turn around, boo-boo. Baby boy, turn around. But our pride, not God, I don't need you off the cliff. It's better to fall on your knees before you fall off a cliff. That's a powerful word there, Lion Lion. Pride costs too much. I'm telling you, I've seen I've seen some great people fall tremendously. And, and people forget <clears throat> that when God is done with you, the devil's not. See, see, what happens when God is done with you, you keep doing what you're doing. But because you haven't been punished by God, there is no fear. Once the fear of God leaves, once the reverence for God leaves, you stop walking in wisdom. See, people fall because they stop walking wisely and they stop walking wisely because they didn't fear God. Once God takes his hand off of you, you start looking around. OK, cool. First, most people don't even know when God's hand is taken off of them because they they lost. They get so caught up in their success. They don't pray like they used to. They don't talk to God like they used to. They don't read like they used to. They get full of themselves and their own ability. And then all of a sudden. 
They start getting full of themselves. God removes himself. The devil then grabs them. And the devil says, I'm going to let you stay in this for four to five years because I need you to get really, really high that many eyes are on you so that when I take this from up under you and you fall, I can affect the hearts of many people. There's going to be a lot of preachers exposed this year exposed next year. There's going to be a lot of people who, who look the part that's going to be exposed that they didn't know the lines. They didn't know the word of God. <clears throat> they didn't know the lines of the word enough. And you got to be very careful because the devil will let you be successful in your own pride for a long period of time. He'll get you high enough to the point to where he has a lot of eyes on you. Because when you get high and when you be lifted up, you think you'll draw people. And then when people look at you and then when a devil expose your infidelity, when a devil, when, when your sins expose your infidelity, when your sins expose your hidden sins, all the, the a good percentage of people would then be discouraged about God because most people are heaping for themselves, teaching with itching ears. And when those preachers who itch your ears fall, then people will fall deeper. And that's when a great fall in the way comes. God is a realist. The Bible's a realist. The Bible didn't talk about, oh, a lot of people's gonna love God. Oh, a lot of people's gonna go to heaven. The Bible says, narrow is the way, narrow is the gate, narrow is the way, and few that will find it. The Bible talks about there will be a great fall in the way. God don't care about how many people fall away. God's like, I just want to, I just care about the people. Don't get me wrong. God loved everyone, but God's love, God loves you too much to beg you to love him. God loves you too much then to make you love him. Real love, let's go. Real love, let's go. If you don't want me, you don't have to have me. But you know what happens over time when you wake up and realize how good it was? But most people wait too late and the eyes open up in hell. Pride comes through number four, a person's performance. Kind of goes with praise. You performed well. And now you perform at the level of the people's applause. You perform at the level of people's praise. You perform at the level of accolades. You perform at the level of uh, now your performance is based upon audiences versus the audience of one. Everything I do is not for y'all first. Not even for y'all pretty much at all. I do it for God. If God says, boy, that's good. Boy, that sounds good. I did my job. Because if I please him, I will be a pleasure to y'all. If if I if I if he endorses what I say, then I know for a fact it will help you. So if you do it for the people, then you will start itching their ears. You start doing what they want to do. I was guilty of that. I used to do the smoke machines, the lights. I did all the stuff, but I realized what you use to bring them is what you have to use to keep them. That's why I only give you the word now, because I only want to draw the people who are hungry and thirst after righteous, who are hungry after God's word. I don't want people who's drawn to be entertained. I want to draw people who wants to be equipped. That's why I, I'm glad God saved me from my own pride, thinking that I got to keep up with the Joneses, keep up with all these different preachers. So now I started doing gimmicks and, and tricks to try to get people in the building, find out I was tricking myself and not helping nobody. That's why I tell you. If they ain't preaching the word, if they not equipping you, and that's where a lot of people at right now. All these churches that people have been going to, nobody's equipped for these last days. People going crazy, people crying, people wondering where God is, people sad, but they forget, hey, there you go, standing your growth. You I, Listen, my, listen. I have been in pride before. I used to call myself the goat of preaching, and I had to change that. 
Jesus is the greatest of all time. Am I good at what I do? Am I proud of my ability? Am I proud of my talent? Best believe it. But I got so caught up in myself like, yo, Josh, you better chill. You ain't that good. You see what I'm saying? You've been doing it for a long time. But 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 you can be good at something, but are you anointed at it, Josh? Your anointing rests in your humility, knowing that your help coming from the Lord. You cannot... Because pride comes when you perform at the base upon the needs of the people. Humility says, if y'all don't like what God got to say, I don't care if you don't like me. And that's where I'm at in my life. I don't care who doesn't like what I preach. I don't care who doesn't like me. I know I'm loved by God. When you love by God, you don't care about who likes you or not. Because I, you don't got a hell to put me in. I ain't about to, I ain't about to do nothing differently than what's in the word of God. Because because of people, people who will change on you. Listen, I don't live the long. I lived long enough to realize that people will change up on you. And if you do gimmicks and do things based upon people who change with the trends, then all of a sudden you'll find yourself empty and depleted. But when you do things for God, you always feel completed. It's that simple. Pride comes through people. People will gas you up. That goes with the praise. Pride comes through people. Pride comes through by comparing yourself to somebody else, and now you want to be like them. That's why I, I don't know how I feel about people calling their pastor dad or father. You see what I'm saying? Or my, you know, you gotta be very careful that the Bible says call nobody and call nobody father. You see what I'm saying? Because that's 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 board, that's really demonic, really, because now you put attention on you. You are a shepherd. God is their father. You see what I'm saying? And so when people say that's my father, that's my dad, or that's that's they're getting caught up in some demonic. Um, you can tell a person is a false prophet when they allow people to call them dad in their presence. A person should be able to say, "No, God is your father." I'm cool. I'm cool. I could be a spiritual father, spiritual mentor, but I gotta let you, I gotta remind you that your real father is the heavenly father. See what I'm saying? But people. Trying to be like somebody, you start getting in a pride. I want to be like them. And then when you get to their level, then you call, how about first? Exactly. People do the same thing with the first ladies. They do it with anybody because we are prone to, to, to idolize. Pride comes through number six, power. Some of these things intertwine with each other. Now that you got some power, now you're pride. You're full of pride. Also, number seven, pride comes through pay. All of a sudden, now you got some money in your pocket. Now you're full of yourself. Be very careful when you make money. When you make a lot of money, you got to keep that heart humble. But so many people, they cool with God when they poor. They cool with God when they don't got no money. But then when they get money, they leave God. I love the scripture that says, Father, don't make me poor. Don't allow me to be poor that I still nor do, nor make me rich where I leave you. Some of us, we're not promoted because God knows the safest level for you. I don't want God to give me a dime more than where my heart can be able to handle. If if God knows that I would leave him, if he gave me millions of dollars, I don't even want a million dollars. I'd rather have my heart in God than to have a bunch of money in the bank and leave him. That's why I stay humble, because humility will show you how to maximize maximum amounts of money. Let's keep going. Signs you're prideful. I've been going 50 minutes. Boy, pride. I ain't realized pride. You can talk a long time about pride. Maybe because pride ain't taught much. <laughs> signs you're prideful. Nine signs that you are prideful. Number one, you think you're humble. 
you 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 there's a false humility you you fake humility you 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 try to act like you humble when you're not humble you humble but your humility reveals your pride you see what i'm saying Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with having us. What I mean by spiritual father, like like there's nothing wrong because we have God ain't gonna sit there saying you can't call nobody father because you have a dad. That's your dad. But we're talking about the idolatry, the the uh, the idolization that comes with that. Like that's my spiritual father, and you don't even think about the heavenly father at all. You see what I'm saying? Some people be calling their pastor dad, calling their pastor pastor father, and that person is their sole source of spiritual supply. But if you have a spiritual father, a spiritual mother, there's nothing wrong with that. But but you but a, a person who's walking in God ain't gonna sit there and advertise that or and or or boast that higher than God's being a heavenly father. I have a spiritual father, I have spiritual uh, mentors, but I don't I'm not gonna sit there and call them pops, I'm not gonna call them dad, I'm not gonna call them father. I just know who their role is, but I don't over I don't overemphasize that. In a way that reveals idolatry. That's what I'm. Thank you for allowing me to help me help me give clarity on that. But we have to be very careful that we don't set ourselves up to idolizing people due to us not having an earthly father. Now we overly uh, uh, maximize the positions of these spiritual guides that could be um, that could be demonically infused. Signs you're prideful, you think you're humble. You have a false humility. Number two, signs you're prideful, you always want to be seen. You always be very careful because this is evident in how you carry yourself. And 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 when hear me close when I say there's nothing wrong with fashion. There's nothing wrong with looking good. There's nothing wrong with smelling good. There's nothing wrong with presenting yourself. But when that's the most colorful aspect of you. When that is what defines you, or if that is what you do so that you can be seen, then you're a person of pride or you're a person uh, looking for identity. You see what I'm saying? And so sometimes if you take a person's uh, 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 sole source of identity, you'll find they have no identity. You always want to be seen. You always find yourself in the center of attention. You always want um, um, to be noticed. There you go. There's nothing wrong with looking good if your attentions are pure, if your motives are pure. But if you're putting on those clothes and you're doing those things to be seen, it, it is it really bothers me, not bothers me, but it, it really makes me you can really tell an insecure person or insecurity in people when when the picture has nothing to do with the caption. <laughs> when the when the picture and the captions don't match, when people showing their clothes, uh, wearing their clothes and they got a scripture up under the picture, they just want to be seen. It, like, like, show me some clouds. Show me, show me, show. Let the picture and the captions match. But when you're dressing up to take a picture and then you put a scripture up on it or you put a caption up on it, but you're really just showing yourself, that shows, man, your identity. There's some insecurity there. And so when people, uh, there's nothing wrong with showing your clothes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with being cool. That's I guess that's what Instagram is for. But when when the caption and the picture don't match and you're trying to uh, uh, get likes because of what you're dressing, it's just you got to be careful with that stuff, man. You always want to be seen. Number two, signs you're prideful. Number three, you don't accept constructive criticism. You do not want nobody to tell you about yourself. You don't want nobody's feedback. You don't want to hear what nobody has to say. That's why people who are proud don't have accountability. Prideful people don't have accountability or their accountability are people who are prideful themselves. Pride can't tell the truth. 
Because pride, there's no truth in pride. So most people surround themselves with other prideful people or pr people that praises them, but they do not want to surround themselves with true accountability and people that will tell them about themselves. Signs you're prideful. Number four, you're, you're vain and too much into you. You're vain and too into you. You see what I'm saying? That's right. Bible scriptures in the bikini. You got a bikini on and you, and you got Psalm 91. A thousand may fall at my left, 10,000 at my right hand, but nothing will come near me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And you're showing all, you're showing all, you're showing all your stuff. Skinny jeans on and you talking about I'm held up by the glory of God. No, you held up. You held up all right. You see what I'm saying? It, it, it don't make sense. It shows insecurity. If you do that, you're an insecure person. That's it. Like, like we all have insecurities. So I'm not sitting there coming down on you. We all have insecurities. And, and me and my boy, BD going to talk about this this weekend. When people write on social media, when they talk to God through social media, that bothers me. God ain't reading your prayer on social media. That's the insecurity. People who be like, you know, uh, God, I just pray with the coronavirus. God, I just pray. Where are you, God? God, man, it's crazy. I need your help, God. And you're writing this on social media. God, God. It, when, when it show when you talk to God online, it shows you don't talk to God offline. If you if you talking to God and you putting your prayers online, you put you talking to God online. You just want to be seen. You, you see what I'm saying? You're not trying to be clean. You want to be seen. See, that's why if those who want to be clean, they deal with their life in private. But when you start talking to God online, then you, it shows you don't talk to God offline. I used to be like that. When I used to see my memories back from 10 years, eight years ago, I used to do the same stuff. But as I've grown up, I'm like, bruh, I was insecure. That every time I turn around, people posting, talking to God online. I'm like, God ain't on your social media. God trying to read your heart. God ain't trying to read your Facebook. God ain't trying to read your Instagram. He's trying to read your heart. It's crazy, man. That's why we got to wake up. And stop doing dumb stuff and thinking that we're doing uh, uh, stuff worthy for God. For God, signs you're prideful, you're vain, and you, too into you. You know you prideful when you just vain, all about the money, all about all this, and you just too into you. You think you're the best thing since sliced bread. I know a lot of sandwiches better than you. You know what I'm saying? People swear they bet the best thing. Listen, I know a lot. Listen, listen, we are not that dope. Not that dope. I don't care how good you put the clothes together. I don't care how good you look. You are not that dope. I'm not that dope. And I know it. <coughs> I don't care how talented I am. I am nothing without God because I know me. I still got 15, 20 some things that I still got to work on. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm. how can I be into me when I really see what's in me? How can I really be into me when I really see what God is working out of me? You see what I'm saying? Signs you prideful, you think you are above others. Signs that you are prideful, you think you are above others. You are not better than anybody. See, I treat my the genders at my school equally as I treat my principal. I'll tr I don't care who you is. You're going to get the same level of, of respect as anybody. God doesn't care about how you treat people above you or at your level. God is really looking at how you treat those beneath you. God's looking at how you treat the orphans and the widows. God is looking at how you treat those whom you cannot benefit from. It's easy to do right when you want to benefit. That's why I don't, that's why 
I love just being me. And what I mean by that is when people mistreat me and they don't really know me, I chuckle on the inside because I realize they look down on me. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And, and that's why you shouldn't worry about or be offended when people look down on you. They just don't know how to recognize value. You see what I'm saying? It's crazy when people look down on me when I used to, well, there would be some teachers at school and they'll be like, oh, that's just Josh. That's just Mr. Ezzy. But then when they find out that he has six books, they, they change when they find out who you really are. That's why the wise, this one, the wise thing you'll ever hear from me say, never let, never let what you have done speak before you step in the place. You see what I'm saying? What I'm saying is how you treat the outcast is right. What I'm saying is, when I started working at the job, everywhere I go, I don't I don't be like I'm an author of six books. I have fifty five thousand subscribers on YouTube. I'm this and I, no 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 no. I just walk in and be me, loving, kind, gentle, understanding, a watcher, and I let and I let people reveal their own ignorance and their own pride. So that about time, people, you know how many people I worked with for two or three years and they didn't find out that I had a YouTube channel. They didn't find out I have six books, but you see how they switch up on you when they find out who you are, because now they think they can benefit from you. You see what I'm saying? But if you came speaking loud coming in the room, then you won't know who's really on your side or not. But when you come in a room humble and lowly in heart and people just start mistreating, now you know how to spot people who are fake. Because when people start walking past you, uh, I, I spoke at events and people didn't know it was me. And people just walking by me, acting like they ain't nothing. And I just sit back and watch. And then when they find me, that's why the Bible says, don't, when you come into a place, don't find the best seat. Sit at the worst seat because it's better to be called from, from the back of a venue to the top seat than to be removed from the top seat from somebody else to sit on. I'm telling you, when you walk into a room, you chill, you see people and you let people reveal to you their character because many people come in as a fickle character themselves, and they're surrounded by characters. No, I come in a room and I just discern, oh, that person fake, read him like a book, read her like a book. And then when I am revealed, I know who is fake and who's real. Move in silence. That's the wisest thing that, I, that I've adopted in my life. I move in silence because I can move out. <laughs> I can move in, move out ninja style, be in and be out. But if you start speaking loud, you'll draw the wrong attention and then you'll be in the attention of your own ego and not being successful. Let's keep going. Signs your prideful. Number six, you like to name drop. How do I not be fake or starstruck? Realize who's above the stars, who's, who was struck for your sin. Ooh, that's the gospel. Recognize who above the stars and the one that was struck for your, for your, for your iniquity. Bruised for your, uh, uh, beaten for your healing. That's how you avoid being strong struck. Recognize the one who's above the stars and the one who was struck for you. The one who died for you. That's what keeps you from being fake and starstruck because you know Jesus for yourself tangibly. When you know the one above the stars and the one that was struck for you on behalf of you, it keeps you humble. I, I don't care who room I'm in. I know who I am. Nick, let me help you, family. It don't matter what room I'm in. I can be sitting beside Jordan. I can be sitting beside anybody. And I'm confident because I know you probably need to know me more than I need to know you. I don't need to know nobody. Do you know when you know the most high, you don't need to know anybody? If you know God, listen, listen, I don't brown nose. 
I'm not starstruck. I don't care who's around me because I know who I've been around my whole life who's better than him. That's flesh and blood. Who put on pants like I put on pants? See, they may have, they may do a better dance, but they put on the pants just like me. So when I know the most high, <clears throat> I don't care who you is. That's when people start acting who they are around me. I look at them like they're crazy. Who you think you are? Do you know who I am? Nick, I'm telling you, bro, when you know God, you don't care about who anybody else is. I ain't starstruck from nobody. I don't care who I meet. There's respect. There's honor. There's, there's, but there's no starstruck. They ain't going to be looking like this. Hey, yo, you know what it is? Nah. They, when you with God, they'll come looking for you. See, I realize that I don't have to look for help. I'm their help. I'm who they looking for. That's why I love stories like Daniel, stories like Joseph. I connect with the three top people that I look up, that I look at in the Bible and glean from is Jesus, Joseph, and Daniel. I don't mind being number two. Number two, the number two person is what runs the country. The number, the person who has the, the president's ear is the one that runs the country. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so I look up, I look at Jesus and Joseph and Daniel because I know for a fact, hey, I'm the one with the gifting. I'm the one endorsed by God. Trust me, you walk with God, those people that you was once starstruck of, they're going to be coming looking for you. I'm a living witness. I ain't going to name no drops. I ain't going to drop no names. But people came looking for me. And it is what it is. But you like the name drop. Oh, I know this person. Oh, look who I know. You start changing up when you're around certain people. Signs you're prideful. You don't like to listen to others. You think you know it all. Self-explanatory. Signs you're prideful. Number eight, you're not teachable. Humble people are teachable people. Listen, I'm not too, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too knowledgeable not to be taught. I let kids teach me all the time. The Bible says, consider the ant. <laughs> you can learn from anything. You see what I'm saying? Why did you stop your ministry? No, nah, I just I just pivoted. I didn't stop. So what I did was I started going online. And what happened was there was just some there was just some people around that got it was just let me just tell you like this. It was time for me to go this way. It's that simple. It was time for me to pivot. And right when I got married, that's when my ministry shifted. Uh, once I got married, then God put things in proper order. God removed the local ministry, removed what I was doing locally, put me in a position where I ministered to God, my wife, my church, and then ministry. Everything is in its proper order. So what I did, I just pivoted. I just went online instead of being local. And I like it better this way because people are something else, my friend. And, um, and, um, and I love where the ministry is right now. So I didn't stop it. I just pivoted. So I'm saying I just moved to online. I started doing this. And I think it was wiser that way for me. You're not teachable. Number nine, signs you're prideful. You're overly competitive. I had to work on that. I, I, I was I was just I was such I was too much of a winner, man. I was too much of a competitor, man. And I was like, I and I, my pride was in me winning. And I had to realize Joshua already won, whether or not you won this three on three basketball game. <laughs> You're not in the NBA championship, Josh. And I realized, you know, Josh, you can't get so caught up on winning. And I used to get so caught up in um, um, the, the aggressiveness of entrepreneurship. You see what I'm saying? I got so caught up in uh, 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 I am who I am based upon the wins I have and success and, and whatever. And I realized, Josh, you idolize in winning and you got to chill, bro. 
you had to be, you got to, your identity has to be in the battle that was won. Because in order to win the battles in front of you, you have to be in the one who won everything. You see what I'm saying? So that was one area that God has worked on me and it's still working on me. That's And that's the area that I'm still working on because I, I'm competitive. I like to get buckets. I like to win. But I have to realize it ain't all about winning. Now, um, ah, y'all got, oh, y'all got some good questions. Mm. <laughs> All right, Josh, when I do think, <clears throat> when I do, when I do that, I think I'm judging people. What do you think? Oh, you said something else. What's the difference between, difference between judgment and discerning others people's character? Discernment is I know what I need to know and I move on with my life. Judgment is, see, I knew that person was that way. Discerning is, oh, that's good intel. That's good information. I keep moving my life. I, I just I just take it as intel and I keep it moving. Judgment is you dwell too much on it and you think you're better because of that person. See, when I see person, people in their insecurity, I don't think I'm better. I just take intelligence. I just take intel. Okay. I know not to open myself too much to that person. I know not to be around that person. That's it. That's what discernment is. Knowing how to navigate judgment is I'm not navigating. I've already positioned myself in the judgment seat saying that I am the one more righteous than them. But discerning is learning how to navigate life, being able to pick up cues from people and know who to avoid and who um, um, to, to, to be around, etc. That's the difference. Judging people's characters like I'm better than them. Discerning people's characters, navigating around them and knowing who to avoid and, and who God is drawing you to. Hope to help. Let's keep going for time. Take a minute, hour, eight minutes. How to constantly stay humble. How to stay humble. I spelled the word humble. <clears throat> How to stay humble. Number one, H, always be grateful for what you have and for the helper you have, the Holy Ghost. How to stay humble. Coach, how did you get disciplined in your walk with God? Say that question. I want to answer that one. <clears throat> I got another person. To make sure you uh, uh, copy and paste. So when I do get into the Q&A, I get to that. How to stay humble. H, always be grateful for what you have and for the helper you have, the Holy Ghost. That's how you stay humble. It's realizing. Thank you, God, for what I have. You lose sight and start pursuing things that you shouldn't pursue when you're not thankful for the things that has been placed in your life. You see what I'm saying? So what I do is I wake up every day and I start naming things that I'm grateful for. And then you realize you have a lot. The fact that you can breathe, the fact that you are alive, the fact that you have a roof over your head, whether it's a bridge or crown molding. You see what I'm saying? You're blessed because somebody's ceiling is the ground. Somebody woke up with, with the ground as they ceiling while they're cooking in hell. There's always something to be grateful. How to stay humble is to always see your blessings and not with the blessings you don't have. Always be grateful for what you have and for the help you have the Holy Ghost. I, the way to stay humble is to realize just how needed the Holy Spirit is. You see what I'm saying? That's right, because somebody's blind, Matt. Somebody's blind. You see what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> all, even if you can't see, thank you, God, I got ears. Even if you can't hear, thank God, I can see. It don't matter if you got two, no legs. Thank God, I got arms. Even if you don't have no arms, thank God, I got a brain. Some people, it don't matter if you, if you lost everything, be thankful you're not in hell. You see what I'm saying? There's always, no matter how bad it gets, <clears throat> There's always something. 
to be grateful for. Always be humble for what you have and for the help you have the Holy Ghost. I am immensely grateful for the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, the greatest thing I have in this land, in this world, is the Spirit of God. Oh, it's because of His Spirit that I'm able to speak the way I speak. It's only because of His Spirit I'm able to love my wife. It's only because of his spirit that I'm able not to walk in arrogance. It's because of his, I'm so thankful that I have his helper. Imagine not having the Holy Ghost. I can't imagine living in this world without the Holy Ghost. There are some people I'm like, you, yeah. <clears throat> that's why they got to pop pills. That's why they got to do this and that. That's why they got to drink. That's why they got to smoke. That's why I got to do all these because they don't got the Holy Ghost. I don't got to smoke because I got the ghost. I don't got to drink because I got the living water inside of me. I don't got to do anything because I got the helper within. I don't need outside help when I got the full help within. Another H, you stay under God's hand. How to stay humble? Stay under his hand. Don't force promotion. Let God promote you. When you're up under God's hand, you're protected. People who don't, don't really respect that or honor that, they try to come out of his hand. But the same hand that's covering you the same hand that lifts you. You see what I'm saying? But most people, they want to, they don't want to be confined. They think that God's boundaries keeping them from fun. No, they're protecting you from being dumb. That's what it is. You, how to stay humble, you always seek understanding and the underlining message of everything worth knowing. Always seek understanding. Humble people, God, what, what do you want me to understand about this? Why is this money here so I don't get proud, prideful? Why did, okay, God, okay, I understand why I'm in this position, so I'm not going to seek another position. And also, <clears throat> the underlining message of everything, that means discernment. Humble people, Holy Spirit, show me the underlining message to this. What is really going on in this friendship right now? Show me. Humble people don't, don't take things at face value. Humble people, they're quiet because they want to hear what you, who you really are. They want to see who you really are. How to stay humble? Always seek understanding for everything. That keeps you humble because it keeps you know you don't know everything. Even if you know something, seek it in a deeper way. Also seek the underlining message of everything worth knowing. What's the underlining message? What is the value behind the face? What's the what's the spirit behind this? Bible says, test every spirit by the spirit. I did a very powerful video on that. Look up the video, test, test spirits or test test the spirit joshua Ezzy. that's a very powerful video m how to constantly stay humble practice mindfulness practice self-awareness look at yourself and be like okay where am i tripping where am i leaking where am i sinking where am i where are my issues when you're mindful of yourself you stay humble because you realize yo there's always room to improve man every time i look a glimpse of myself oh nothing to be nothing to be proud of <laughs> It's nothing to be overly proud of because it's, that's another area I got to work on. How to constantly stay humble? B. Avoid bragging and boasting at all costs. Don't don't even don't even mention what you've done. Let let your let your productivity do the talking. Thank you, thank you so much. God gets the glory. Let you let you, don't praise yourself. Let what you do do the talking. You see what I'm saying? So what, what most people do, they'll just brag and boast. Oh, I'm about to do this book. Oh, I'm about to do this album. I'm, about, I'm bragging about this accomplishment. Man, 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 what you, what you, your bragging is taking you away from building the next thing. 
Your boasting is keeping you from building the next thing. People still bragging about what they did five years ago. I ain't got on the show for this year. Avoid bragging and boasting at all costs. Next B, constantly remind yourself that everything you have is because, because, because he's the being that caused. Everything is because him, because he is the being that caused. Nothing calls God. He's the one that did the causing. You see what I'm saying? So when you realize that nothing can change God, that God is eternal and he's the being that caused or gave you the ability to do anything, you stay humble. You have to always realize and remind yourself that everything you have and everything you have done is because of the being that caused it. Next B, you got to recognize your blunders and bury the word of God into your heart. That's how you stay humble. Recognize, being mindful, recognize your blunders, man. I gotta, You got to recognize them because if you don't recognize those blunders, it'll be the, those will be the very thing that caused you to really fall. You also got to bury God's word in your heart. You got to know what the word of God says about you. And about what you do and about who God is. The word of God will supernaturally keep you humble. L, how to stay humble? Listen to other people's feedback. Listen to other people's feedback. Not everybody critiquing you as a hater. Hater, the word hater is too big of a word now. Not everybody's hating on you. People, I tell you the truth. People don't want the truth, so they 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 they, they put a title on the truth calling it hate. No, that's not hate. That's the truth. You see what I'm saying? See, see, that's why you got to just, you, you, you got to be a person that doesn't mind being teachable and listen to other people's feedback because people's feedback is them feeding you. They're trying to help you. They're trying to feed you with wisdom and nutrients to help you become better. Next, keep learning about God. That's what keeps you humble because the more you begin to recognize and understand the magnificence of God, it keeps you humble. Man, I ain't God, God. It's crazy how people are trying to be God but can't create nothing like God created. Next, L, how to stay humble? Let go of this life. Let it go. Let go. Like The moment you let go, God can let in. The quicker you let go, I want to say the quicker because God's timing is based upon whatever he wants to do. The more opportunity that you have things let in. If you let go of your desire for marriage, God can let a marriage in. What I mean by that is not your desire for marriage, but your overbearing desire, your lust for marriage. Not your regular desire for marriage, but your lust for marriage. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is, is that when you let go, God, I trust you with my husband. I trust you that you will bring my wife in your timing. I trust you that the promotion is going to come. When you let this life go and you start disciplining yourself, then God can let things in. E, last but not least, how to constantly stay humble. Be empathetic. Be understanding. Look at everything with a different lens. Look at everything through the lens of God, through the eyes of God, and I'm telling you, you'll be humble. What I do in life I just simply just try to find what it feels like to be in that person's shoes. Instead of standing tall and standing judgmental in my shoes, I take my shoes off and I try to put theirs on and try to feel what it's like to be in that life. And then you have understanding and you'll be like, you know what? There's no need for me to be arrogant or self-righteous because if they knew what they was doing, they wouldn't have done it to me. <clears throat> That's what keeps you humble. My final thoughts and I'm done. <clears throat> so get your questions ready. I'll go ahead and answer in for me as much question first. I told I was going to answer that question. So uh, her first, oh, she took a question away. 
So go ahead and post your questions now as I do these last final thoughts. And then uh, I'm going to pray for some people and I'm going to go uh, do some uh, Q&A. Final thoughts real quickly. The proud are put low. The humble are helped up. The pride are put low. The proud are put low and the humble help. Number two, no one is promoted by God full of themselves. If you fool yourself, God will not promote you. Three, if you can perceive their pride, you can predict their fall. If you can perceive your pride, you can hinder your fall. Last but not least, pride blinds us from our crimes. We don't know how many sins we make because we're so caught up in pride. We think that, okay, I'm not that bad, but the subtleness of pride can be more dangerous than blatant pride. All right, lifework.teachable.com is where you can be able to get your uh, uh, the activity. Here's the worksheet for this topic to help you kind of process your pride. And I have a holistic plan that helps you as well. Today's at this week's attribute of God is the wrath of God. Um, that will help some of us get into fear of God, reverence of God. Uh, <clears throat> other things help you get into fear of God, not just the wrath of God, love of God and the wrath together. Love of God. So I want you to study two attributes of God, the love of God and the wrath of God. I want you to study those two together. Um, <clears throat> books. I'm going to do this right now. So I want to do it at the end. All the resources that you need to help you with your uh, life. I have to a degree this book, The Purpose of Singleness, the book for this course. Are you whole or full of holes? Available on my website, imunplugged.com. Uh, all my books are, all the card games, all that stuff's on there as well. World War Me, a book on spiritual warfare. It also has scriptures in the back to help you kind of understand your weaponry. <clears throat> that book's good there. Dating Preps, a book to help you date yourself and love your life forever. It's got questions in there that goes along with my card game. Where's my card game? Right here. Dating Prep, I did a card game and a book together. That's what God has really got me in. That's that's what God is, um, what makes me unique is that I'm going to start making card games with my books. So I got seven, well, I just got 12 card game ideas that I'm working on all at the same time. Uh, but this Dating Prep game is a game that I created because of God. Goes to this book here. Three three levels. You got the cloud phase, which means y'all just met. Uh, the, uh, the cement phase, when the relationship is getting real. And the corporation phase, when y'all about to build. Uh, a, a good uh, cloud question is, what's your bad habits? What are your good habits? A cement question is, what do I do regularly that annoys you and why? Or what are your strengths and weaknesses? A corporation question could be, let me find another one that's not the same. What is uh, uh, what is your view on child discipline? That's a good corporation question. Another corporation question could be, let's see. Give me your time to ask questions. How often would you like to do things on your own or without me? There's also a way for you to do double date. Question like, do you remember, do I like to be warm or cold? Another question is, what is my favorite animal? What is my favorite uh, accessory item? How do I like to receive love? That's a way for you to play uh, with others in a dating, a double date situation with accountability couples, or uh, uh, you can do it with, with a, a pastor or a counselor Well, they'll take questions out of the card game and y'all have honest, honest dialogue with each other. Uh, one of my other favorite things that God created through me was this game called Memory Muscle. It's a fun way to memorize scripture. Um, so basically you got the scripture in the front and you got the scripture, the answer on the back. And there's other two ways to play. Also, what other books I got? <clears throat> Book on uh, soul ties and strongholds, the purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. Uh, my children's books in the other room. Um, as he says, Essence for the students I serve is just book of wise sayings for kids, helping them understand the art form. And of course, the first book I ever wrote, Unplugged, 
the top things you need to unplug from in the world. All those books and resources are available online on my website. I am I'll write it down there for you. I am unplugged.com. Let me write that down. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm gonna write that down real quick for y'all. I am unplugged.com. All right, let's get to live QA. Uh let's see. Let me do info me as much first, and I'm gonna go back up to I think uh who was the who was the first question? D Rod D Rod 87. All right, Infamy Coach, how do you get disciplined? How did you get disciplined with your walk with God? Um, my discipline in God increased um, when I realized the value of my destiny. Um, the first thing that God said to me that I really felt that really broke me down was when I was 19 years old in my dorm room at Oral Roberts University. I was looking outside of my window in my dorm room and I was looking at the campus and watching people walk by, had some worship music playing in the background. And I heard it as clear as day. God say to me, if you don't do what I called you to do, what will happen to them? I fell onto the floor, cry. I never, I haven't cried like, I've cried like that before, but that was a, that was one of those burning cries. And I cried, I cried for people. My heart was so heavy. And then that's when my disciplines got started. I wasn't fully disciplined in, but discipline built over time because I realized that this life is temporary and that I there's a greater purpose and that 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 if I don't do what I'm supposed to do for God, it's going to affect many people. And so that's why you look at my life and he's like, man, people are shocked. How does one write six books? How does one create two card games? How does one make 1400 plus videos on YouTube when you have a, a burden for uh, God's people? You start being disciplined and you realize that a, and my discipline increased with my health when I realized that, that when you when your youth is dried up because of poor eating habits, the enemy can use that to kill you off. And so I started disciplining my life even more spiritually, mentally, emotionally and physically. Because I know that I'm no good if I'm dead. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't want to die. What motivates me is not dying full, but dying empty. So how do you get how do you get this with your walk with God, per se, is knowing that you can you, is un, you're unable to do these things and they be anointed for life without the life of God in you. And what I mean by that is I don't want to create anything that ain't going to have the spirit of God in it. See, the reason why. Uh, uh, Paul's letters and 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 Peter's letters and and the people who wrote the Bible was because the Holy Spirit wrote it through them, and so I want my work to always have the 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 the, the presence of God on it, so that no matter how long a thousand years from now these materials, because God breathed it through me, they're not at the level of the Bible. I'm not saying I'm saying that what I'm doing is the level of the Word of God because that's canonized as God's sealed Word of God. But I do believe that God is still working through people to create materials that withstands the test of time that blesses people over and over again. So my discipline when I walk with God is realizing I'm nothing without him, that I need his anointing. I don't want to be talented. I want to be anointed. I don't want I don't want to be talented because then I can I can fake the the babes, but I can't fake the real. 
The real people out there know if you're anointed or not. Not because of your hooping, your hollering, the way you exegete, not because of the way you dance, the way you sing. It's because they feel the presence of God. Those who know the presence of God know if you've been in the presence of God by what you present. If, if they know if you're presenting out of your flesh or out of the spirit. So how I practically discipline my walk with God is to realize that if I don't walk with him, I'm by the tree eating an apple. God came looking for Adam in the cool of the day, trying to walk with Adam. I know that if I always walk with him, I won't be distracted by the suggestion of the devil. Because the Bible says, if you submit to God, you're able to resist the devil, and then he'll be able, then he will flee. You see what I'm saying? So, discipline and walking walking with God uh, birthed out of my realization that that I, the, my burden for God's people, my desire to equip His people, and that I'm unable to do that without disciplines. Um, the level of your disciplines is determined by the level of your desired outcomes from your spiritual life. I desire to do much. The Bible says, Jesus said, greater works you would do because the spirit is in you. You see what I'm saying? So I, I don't want to be a shallow Christian that just goes to church. Just goes to church and have small groups and 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 post cute, cuddly pictures in my and some skinny jeans and a V-neck shirt with a scripture that ain't got nothing to do with the picture. You see what I'm saying? I don't want that kind of life. I want to raise the dead. I want to cast out demons, which I've had. I haven't raised it yet, but I've cast out demons. I want to be able to heal the sick, which I've had. I want to do greater works. I want to do, I want to do works that liberates people, that changes people's lives. I don't just want to be shallow. So if that's my desired outcome, then I got to have certain discipline outputs. I got to be in my word. I got to pray. I got to see God. I got to talk with God. I got to be with God in order for me to be successful. And the only way I could be successful is being successful, not based upon earthly uh, status, but heaven is the goal. All right. So great question. Can you do a more thorough teaching on what's idolizing and not of marriage relationship? Another video, of course, of course. Yeah. I think I, that's a good question. Um, I'll let that rest in my heart and see what God wants me to do. But I think that's a great topic. I may, uh, you know what? I may do that next week, next Thursday, Based upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I'll do that. I will do that next week. How do you know you've idolized relationships? I'll see what God wants me to do about that next week, next Thursday. Either way, you'll get a video. Um, but we'll see if I'm gonna do it in this type of of and y'all let me know if that's something that you want to. So comment below in the chat box if you feel like that's something that you really want me to do next week. I'm not saying I'll do it because of y'all, but I, I want to make sure that that's something that kind of triggers a lot of people. Um, either way, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, but I'm I'm, I'm going to seek him and see if that's what he wants me to do tomorrow, next, next week, and we'll make it happen. Or I, You'll get a video eventually, but we'll see if we'll do it next week. Nick Antoine says, how do I start fixing my internal issues? Where issues? Where do I start? It's overwhelming realizing how many issues I have as far as pride, lust. I got to fix my eating habits, my laziness. I've been running, ruining away, uh, running away. Where do I start? Great question, Nick Antoine. Now, where do you start when it comes to rebounding your life or fixing your life? Realizing that you do not be overwhelmed by frustration. The number one thing that causes people not to not to flow in with the spirit in regards to fixing life is their frustration. This light's too bright right now. Been in this light for a long time. There we go. They start getting frustrated. Don't let frustration with yourself cause you not to fix yourself. But you have to realize you have to you fix yourself by going with the flow of God. And how do you go with the flow of the Holy Spirit? You have to realize number one, what is in the way. What is in the way? And the, the, the good thing about what you're saying here, you're honest with yourself. 
All you need to do is write down a sheet of paper everything that's hindering the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Write down what you're eating and how it's destroying you. Write down uh, all of your issues. Write them down. And chances are when you have a lot of issues in your life, you don't have a strong focus because when like my purpose causes me to eat better, my focus causes me to work out my, my, not my focus, but my purpose. When you have a purpose, you produce differently. You, you prepare differently. You position yourself different because you know your purpose matters and you know that eating poorly, pride, all this stuff gets in the way. So what I need for you to do, I want you to write down everything that you have here and even in greater detail. And I want you to sit back and ask you, ask God, who did you create me to be? And let that rest in your spirit for however long until you hear from God. Why don't, don't be discouraged after you wrote those things down. Trust that the Holy Spirit will help you see you how God sees you. And then you will begin to have a, 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 a focus they say, you know what? I'm changing this so that I can fulfill. I got to get out of my way. I got to uh, make sure I flow with the Holy Spirit so that I can fulfill this purpose. I've been on my grind since 19 years old. I'm 34 now. Y'all do the math. That's that's how many years I've been doing ministry. My first ministry called Kingdom Eternity. And I, I had braces that said, where will you be? WWYB on the back and Eternity on the front with the, with the uh, judgment balance thing for the T. Um, I had T-shirts. <clears throat> And so I was, I started when I was 19, I had shirts, wristbands, then I wrote the book Unplugged, then I changed my ministry from, and I had an amped concert where I started helping kids and I changed the Unplugged, and now I'm doing Propel and Unplugged, and, and that's what, uh, so all, overall since 19 to 34, I had some up and downs, but now I'm in, I'm in my greatest health, greatest place of life. Because, I, because the more you walk with God, the more you realize just how uh, uh, precious your life is and the productivity that, and, and the things that you need to have to make sure you don't fall apart, my friend. So you got to have a greater why or you won't change the what. You see what I'm saying? So write down what's getting in the way. Write down the way that God wants you to go. And then you will, you will change the pattern so that you can be on the right path. Um. Uh, but but you got to deal with those eternal issues by finding the root reason. Why are you where you are today? Why do you feel this way? What have you idolized? Who has disappointed you? What insecurities do you have? Go deep. And yes, when you go deep, you see some disgusting stuff. But God, as long as God is drawing you deep, then you know that he will that He will clean up the, the, the heart and position you. As When I was walking with God, I saw some dark, dangerous, disgusting stuff. But I had to see it in order to change it. Hope to help, fam. You start with honesty, being honest with yourself, being honest with God and going forward. Lion Lion says, how do you rest on the fact that God loves you, that you have identity in him and not worry about what people think about you? Great question, Lion Lion. <clears throat> um, most of the issues that we have in regards to um, needing uh, uh, praise and needing uh, to feel it to be accepted all boils down to our lack of understanding of at the attributes of God. That's why you heard me over and over again preach the importance of knowing God because the more you know Him, you'll be able to see His His tangibleness that was always there from the beginning. It's hard to see real love if you're looking for love somewhere else. So, but if the more you begin to know love, 
capital L who was God, you will begin to see that he was loving you the whole time. You just didn't recognize the way he loved you because you allowed uh, 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 what happened between your mom or dad, what happened to you in your formative years, caused you to warp the way you see love. And so if, he can, if the enemy can warp the way you see love, then you will never see God. For God is love. And so when you know that God is love and you get to know him who, for, because of who he is and his attributes, then you will begin to really see his love for you. That when God started removing people out of my life, I thought, I thought I didn't see, I didn't see it as God removing him because he loved me. I saw it that I was being abandoned. The enemy saw the enemy changed my view of God's doing what's best for me as God's doing what's worse for me. But when I got to know God's attributes and got to know him more, when people leave my life, I'm not upset about it. I don't call abandonment. I call it protection. So when things don't happen the way I think they will happen, I don't look at it as God taking things away from me. I look at it as God is positioning me at a better place. So the more you get to know God, the more you'll begin to walk in his love and that perfect love will cast out fear. Most people are afraid to be loved because of the disappointments they got from, quote unquote, what they thought love was. But when you meet the original lover, the one who's, who love is not tainted or perverted, then you will begin to really know what true love is because you have been loved and people are afraid to not be accepted. So therefore, they rather sacrifice a basket in God's love to be in a basket of somebody else's love. Then you find yourself disappointed over and over again. When you realize that people are fickle, that people will switch up on you, then you'll be where I'm at in my life that I don't care. God loves me and I'm good. <clears throat> You see what I'm saying? So I'm not easily moved by people because I'm anchored. And so how do you rest on the fact that God loves you? Get to know God. Get in his word and look up the attributes of God and find scriptures that support his attributes and see how he loved in the, in the word of God. And then you will begin to have that fear being removed because the perfect love of God removes fear. And then you'll be okay in your own shoes, in your own skin, because of God who is within. And you don't have to worry about the people, what they say or what they do and how they leave, because you know that if they leave, you're still good. When God is enough, it doesn't, ma it doesn't matter who leaves, because you still got God. It all begins, my friend, by getting to know him. I can give you five, 15 other points that goes beyond that, but if you're not willing to do that first point, <clears throat> you're not going to be successful. So don't worry about what people think about you. People think crazy about me and I don't care because I don't know what he thinks about me. It all began when I really got into my Bible and stopped listening to preachers and stop. What I mean by that is stop listening to people as my sole source of spiritual nourishment. We're supposed to be supplements. We're supposed to be um, what you what you go to that the Holy Spirit uses. We're not supposed to be your sole source of spiritual nourishment. But when I got to that Bible for myself and really was left with <clears throat> having no other choice but to get to know God for myself. Oh man, how greatly he positioned me from that point. Now I'm good because I got to know the good one. Kia J says, how do I remain true to myself? I'm an introvert, but sometimes I feel fake when I try to be outgoing. Be yourself. Um, what I mean, don't be imprisoned by your introvertedness. Um, um, allow the Holy Spirit to help you be fluid Allow the Holy Spirit to help you to, to, to be yourself, your best self in every environment. Um, like for me, I'm I'm introvert, even though what I do doesn't seem that way. Um, but but I'm good in crowds, I'm good around people, but I rather prefer to be alone 
but but it's some supernatural that comes upon me when I find myself in un, in discomfort or, or uh, being uncomfortable. So realizing this, don't try to force yourself to be comfortable in the in in in, in the discomfort. Just allow the comforter to make you comfortable in a discomfort. And what I mean by that, he will he'll reveal to you a, a new, a new, uh, he'll reveal to you a part of yourself that may have been dormant or hidden when you're in a crowd. Don't force it, let it flow with it. Don't force it, let the just flow with the Holy Spirit when you're around other people so that you don't come off fake. So what you do is <clears throat> when you're in your car, you're in the parking lot. That's what I do all the time. God, I don't feel like being around these people. <laughs> God, I'm tired of people, man. I don't want to be around people. Holy Spirit strengthen me. Or God, you know, I'm about to be around these bougie folk, Lord. Help me not to help, help my face. Sometimes not even about God help my words, help my face. Make sure my face don't, don't reveal anything, you know. And then when you walk out that car, I promise you, it happens to me every single time. You're supernaturally empowered to be your best self, even in an uncomfortable environment. So that's how I remain true to myself. I'm a Joshua everywhere because the Holy Spirit knows all of me. And so he knows how to empower me, even when I don't really want to be amongst a lot of people. That's what I do. Hope to help. Oh, Khalees. Oh, y'all. Oh, okay. Y'all talking. Let's see what else we got. Kia J says, <clears throat> oh, okay. Yes, it's so hard. I'm 28 and the weight is hard. Doesn't help when family constantly asks, where is your man? Oh, y'all talking about that. Uh, don't worry about what people say. People, people, you got to understand that, 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 that God knows what's best for you and that you have to love your singleness so much that their words don't affect you. The more you appreciate the season you're in, you don't have to worry about people having an opinion about the season you're in. You see what I'm saying? I know it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. But 28 ain't nothing to God. I got married at 33. So that was that's five years beyond you. You see what I'm saying? And I know waiting is hard, but waiting is hard when you look at the clock. When when you're when you're when you're sitting and looking at the clock, time goes slower than you working the clock. <clears throat> Watching the clock is worse. Watching the clock uh, makes the clock go slower. Working the clock makes the top clock goes fast. You see what I'm saying? So that's my advice on that. Don't watch the clock. Work the clock. Don't watch the clock and wonder when you're going to be married, work the clock, work your time. And then over time, you'll find yourself with the one that God has for you. I got to tell me one, two more. I'm getting hot. <laughs> it's humid out here. No, let me see how it's the humidity right now. I'm preaching, preaching. The word, the Holy Spirit's preaching through your boy today. Got me hot. Got the fan on. And we're going to put that thing on high. 65% humidity. 72 degrees, bruh. Keep going. Oh, already. What's the difference between judging someone versus there's not? I think I already, already answered that one earlier. Let me go now, y'all. Before i before I fall out. <laughs> I love y'all. I got it. Uh, Holy Spirit, will you maybe I got time for one more? We'll see. Andrew says, "How do I deal with church hurt in a way where I just had to leave the church because of the leaders? And how do I trust the church again? Realize that anybody could be a pastor." You don't need God to be a pastor. And a lot of people, ego, put them in those positions. A lot of people want control. And so most church hurt when it comes through leaders 
comes because a person doesn't want to be controlled anymore. Or people start doing crazy, acting funny around you, being mean towards you to try to put you under control. <clears throat> and that's what some of these women of God, men of God be doing. You see my air quotes. They do that for control. There's a lot of manipulative men of God, not men of God. There's a lot of manipulative people who are in positions. You see what I'm saying? A lot of manipulative people who take pastoral position because of the control. <clears throat> Many people been using God and the Bible to control people for years. And so what you do now is realize that people um, are, 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 are fake. People are dangerous. <clears throat> people are manipulative. And to realize that you're now going forward, the good thing is don't last, don't allow a past hurt to keep you from a future help. And so just because you've been hurt by a church before, don't let that church, don't let that hurt with its own nuance, with its own exclusive reasons, with its own exclusive uh, uh, issues, cast a shadow or define everyone else. No church is perfect, but there's a lot of problematic, manipulative cults out there, masked as churches that are hurting people. So just because you got hurt before, do not allow that hurt to cast a, a, a disdain on everyone else because then what if God has a body of people that he wants to support you? Now, how do you overcome a heal from church hurts? You realize, number one, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people and, and don't allow another person's hurt or manipulative techniques to cause you to be deeply hurt yourself that you no longer open yourself to be helped by the people that God wants to help you. You, how to overcome church hurt? You have to understand that you are the church and that, that people, uh, that God does have a people out there, a group of people that's there to help support you and a body of people that's there. Also to overcome church hurt is to real is to understand that, uh, that like I said, people are fake, people are fickle. Um, uh, you have to also understand that you have a purpose in the church. You see what I'm saying? And that if you remove yourself from the church, how can God use you to support a body or a group of people? H-U-R, how to overcome church hurt. You got to release it to God so that God can release healing in your life so that you can overcome it. Write down um, what caused the hurt. Look, write down the unique exclusive situations pertaining to that person, the characteristics of that type of person. That as you go forward, you won't find yourself in the same type of cult-like environment and that you'll be able to grow in wisdom going forward and knowing for a fact, okay, what part did I play in this? So you can see yourself as, I didn't trust God in picking this church. I picked this church because I wanted it. Then you know next time I'm led by the spirit because when it's hard to get hurt when you're led by the helper. It's hard to get hurt when you're led by the helper. It's easy to get hurt if you if you grieve the helper and do what you want to do. T, um, how to overcome church hurt. Um, thank God it didn't kill you. <coughs> you survived it. Now move on to the next thing. That's how you overcome church hurt. Got to go, guys. I love y'all. Coach getting hot. I don't want to fall out. And then I fall out. And then the, the camera's still going. You see what I'm saying? So coach going to go uh, relax. Um, drink some more water. Is the air conditioner on? My wife gone, so I'm stuck. I can't just get up and cut the air on, and come back. I guess I could. Um, but I gotta go. Coach had a long day, been at work all day, been doing a lot of stuff all week. Uh, been going an hour and 45 minutes. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I pray these resources have been a blessing to you. Um, I pray this course is a blessing to you. It will be reposted, so you'll be able to use it again. I love y'all books and courses and resources and ways to give, ways to support, ways to uh, equip yourself all on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I love y'all. I see y'all next week. And um, the Holy Spirit got you from here. I did my part and he's going to definitely do his. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.